prayer is about talking to God, not at God, but with God, being with him. And uh, it's as essential as breathing. We put all these efforts into being good moms, dads, or all of those things. But from where is that inspiration and that source of grace in order to do that? You know, where does it come from? And am I relying on my own human capacity and the limited human capacity that I have? Or rather, am I going to, um, the, to the source? Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Catholic Parenting 101. My name is Mariana Cady. I'm your host. And this episode is going to be very special. Um, so I've noticed that a lot of parents struggle with prayer. We know it's essential. We know that we need to um, engage in it in order to grow in holiness and grow in our relationship with God. But we don't really know how to do it, mechanically speaking, or we don't know how to find the time in our busy schedules uh, with family life. So here to talk to us about prayer life as a parent, we have Dan and Stephanie Burke, and I am very excited because they are so wise and so great, and um, I'm really excited to share them and all of their resources with you. So Dan and Stephanie Burke, welcome to Catholic Parenting 101. Well, it's great to be with you. Thanks for doing this uh, show. Thank you for having us, Mariana. Yes, I'm so excited. So can you guys tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? You want to start or you want me to? Go for it. Okay. So we are both, uh, we founded the Avila uh, Avila Institute for Spiritual Formation, which is what most people know us for. I was also the president of EWTN News, but the work of our heart and work of my heart is the Avila Institute. And we provide formation in, I think, over 70 countries now uh, to priests, religious, and lay. And um, we do that live online. We do it in person. We do it many, many different ways. We form men to prepare them for the seminary in 27 dioceses mm-hmm. uh, in what's called the propedeutic year that the Pope mandated. Um, we also are the founders of a community called Apostoli VA, which is in 44 countries now. And all of our work, every ounce of it, is about helping people to heaven. Uh, my favorite passage in the catechism, it, it, it loosely stated, is that the entire divine economy is ordered that we might come to union with God so that God provides all that he has provided is, is to draw us to union with him. And that's what we do. And we do it together, which is awesome. Right, right. And there's another part of our work yeah. that was just kind of left completely. I just blew by yeah, it? You just kind of blew by it. And, what was and it? it's where most of our uh, folks would connect with us. Oh, okay, go ahead. And that's uh, through spiritualdirection.com, oh, which right. was your first, the first fruit of, yeah. of your prayer. 2009. Really. 2009. So spiritualdirection.com is a site where they can find... Uh, podcasts, blogs, videos, all of our content. It's free. Um, it's all about the interior life. It's fantastic. It's also, um, if I don't say so myself, but it's not all about us. We have we have all kinds of uh, writers, authors, content creators, and it's just really fantastic work. They can also find all of the events and the speaking events that we do. So we travel around the country doing speaking events on 
prayer, on spiritual warfare. Uh, we're now doing one on marriage. We yes. do a marriage retreat uh, at least once a year that's, that's now bearing great fruit. And all of it based on how to grow in union with the Lord, this ascent to oneness, this desire to know the one for whom we were made and in whom we live and breathe. And have um, our being. And have our being. So it's really, uh, it's a beautiful work of the heart and of the spirit that God has allowed us to do. And we feel very humbled, um, at, but joyously running after it with all that we are. So that's great. That's great. And yeah, you guys are definitely keep yourselves busy. So that's, <laughs> that's impressive, all of the projects you have going on. So um I want to go a little bit into, you have these great, incredible resources on prayer and spiritual direction and um, something you call the paradigm of ascent, which we'll get into later. Um, but I want to, I want to focus on um, the, the importance of prayer, because I think a lot of people kind of blow past it. And um, especially lay people, I think, have a tendency to see their tasks and their jobs and their role in life as something that that's the most immediate need. Um, but can you go into a little bit? Why, why is this so essential? Well, uh, it's the reason we exist is to be in communion with God. Yeah. Uh, the catechism, I think it's the prologue to the modern catechism says something to the effect that since the beginning of our creation, we're called or invited to converse with him and also might be in the, in the compendium to the catechism, but the words are that we're invited to converse with him and to be in union with him. That's, that's the fundamental reason why we, we exist. So uh, prayer is about talking to God, not at God, but with God being with him. And uh, it's as essential as breathing. I mean, Stephanie and I have what I would call an incredible marriage. If, if I claimed that and you had us on a show about marriage and you said, so how often do you spend time with Stephanie? And I said, well, you know, on uh, Sunday for an hour or, or occasionally <laughs> I say stuff to her, you know, you might, an eyebrow would raise and you might be properly suspicious that our relationship isn't all that great. Or I'd but if you ask me a lot of things, <laughs> yeah. but if you ask me, if if I answered that question, well, we eat together every night. We pray together every day. Multiple um, times a day. Multiple times a day. Right. We really do. I, I go to her for my most important decisions. We oh, make we're decisions talking about our together, relationship. Right? Well, I know that. Yeah. But, you know, I'm yeah. just making the parallel, right? Right. Sure. So <laughs> it, so in the end, um, if we if we say, if we claim we're authentic disciples of Jesus and we don't talk to him, I think, um, there's a problem and we, we're, we're not understanding what it means to be an authentic disciple. Yeah, I, I think it's important. You know, you talked about, you mentioned that people kind of blow by that idea mm -hmm. of prayer in our lives. And the thing is, is we put all these efforts into being good moms, dads, um, work, do well at our work so that we can provide well for our family or or all of those things. But from where is that inspiration and that source of grace in order to do that? You know, where does it come from? And am I relying on my own human capacity and the limited human capacity that I have? Or rather, am I going to 
um, the, to the source? Am I going to the one who gives me supernatural grace, who will help me overcome myself, help me to be an extraordinary parent, an extraordinary spouse, and, and really to do things that I don't think I'm even capable, but with God, all things are capable. Possible, yeah. And, and, uh, are, are possible, right? And, you know, he's, he's real. That's the thing mm-hmm. is that we often like the idea of God, um, but we don't realize that he is true. He's real. He desires a relationship with us. Um, and he has commanded us to be still and know that he is. And until we start there on our knees, um, then we're not going to know him and our life will, will be a bit of a drudgery. You know, it'll be difficult. It won't um, be animated by this incredible grace that really helps us uh, navigate the difficulties of life with uh, supernatural joy and peace and extraordinary love for him and for one another. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think kind of going, building off of that, can you talk about the power of living a holy family life? So with the individual, we have the, the prayer and the relationship with God, but how does that spill into the family life vocation? You know, one, one, uh, one analogy we, we gave, I think was at the marriage retreat is this idea of an umbrella. And the the husband or the father is the spiritual head of the home in terms of ultimate responsibility before God for the spiritual stability of the home. And so it's like God gives the dad or the husband and or the father an umbrella, and he's supposed to cover the entire home and protect it. What is he protecting it from? In this case, we can the illustration is acid rain, which is the world, the flesh, and the devil really having freedom to reign. So to the degree, what makes the umbrella strong is prayer and the sacraments, right? It's it's relationship with God. What also makes the umbrella strong are virtues. What makes the umbrella weak and causes holes in the umbrella is a sin of any kind or the absence of virtue or weak uh, participation in prayer and the sacraments and those. And so then it creates holes. And so then the acid rain of the world, the flesh, and the devil get through the umbrella of that provision and protection and begin to harm the members of the family. And so, and and Stephanie also has an umbrella and essentially it's about the same size, but it fits right underneath mine. And similarly, hers needs to be strong. And if we have sin in the same area, then there's a hole all the way through, you know, and then that affects the kids. So I think the, the spiritual life and prayer and, and sacramental life is really provides the environment within which children and, and spouses can flourish. And without it, they're unprotected and assaulted by all that is uh, destructive and evil and that seeks to ruin all that is good. Yeah. Um, you know, all of that is, is absolutely true. And then when you look at it on a very practical sense, cause you know, I'm a teacher at heart. Mm-hmm. And so when I think, okay, what does that mean practically day to day? It, it is protecting our family, our relationships, our children from the world, the flesh and the devil. How do we do that? You know, one of the decisions, and I'm not, I'm not saying that everybody needs to do this, but it had a profound impact on our life was when Dan and I were first married, we made the decision 
to get the TV out of our bedroom, that that, that was sacred space and, be, and TV should not be in the bedroom. And we should also either heavily monitor or get rid of the TV altogether. Which we, we got to rid of all we, television. We got rid of television. Yeah. And I remember the day that we did it and our kids were just like, wow. Well, you now know? it's YouTube, right? Or, <laughs> or whatever. It, whatever the media. It's some is. other way, right? Yeah. Um, but that's how the world attacks um, our families. And we need to understand that because we can say, oh, it doesn't affect me that much. But, you know, if a, if a woman watches enough of soap operas or enough of, um, you know, uh, horrible shows that are coming out on YouTube or on the internet or Netflix and, and sells to her a false sense of what authentic womanhood looks like, Mm -hmm. what motherhood looks like, like, what does it mean to be feminine or a man, uh, is portrayed as emasculine and, and weak and lazy and always sitting on the couch with a bag of chips and, and, you know, being um, subject to his wife berating him and, and controlling him, those subtle messages that we consider in our world to be entertainment has a profound effect on our hearts. And it can affect the way that we act and the way we treat one another. And it can start to deteriorate our family, which is that acid rain that Dan is is talking about. So that's one thing is getting the world out, right? Mm-hmm. Um and then in through prayer and the sacraments, showing our children what does it mean to follow the Lord, right? Our example as parents is a tremendous uh, powerhouse of, of grace in our home. If we cling to the cross, if we cling to the Lord in joy, in joy, and share that joy with our children through you know, rosaries and how we live our life in a true, authentic Catholic way um, out loud in our homes, then they will learn that that is a natural part of what it means to be a Catholic, what it means to be a holy family. Um, We can dream about the holy family, the perfect holy family, Joseph and Mary and Jesus, and understand that through that, um, there is profound freedom and joy in in following Christ, and it'll help us. It'll strengthen us. Now, it doesn't mitigate our own human weaknesses uh, and our um, difficulties, uh, but uh, it will help. Right? Yeah, that's so. that's so true. And um, I think it's important to recognize that it at first it seems like a huge sacrifice. Like it seems like that you're giving up too much, or you're being too radical quote unquote. Um, but it really is worth it. Like the, the effects of those, you know, even small or large decisions of focusing on God can have huge, a huge impact. Um, and have you seen, have you seen this in your own family life of the impact of choosing to follow God with everything that you are? Yeah, we have. Yes. And, and it's been challenging. In, in all and, of its beauty and horror. Right. <laughs> you know? one, th- one thing I want to say, just to be clear, is we are not perfect parents. Hmm. We never have been. And for those parents out there that are struggling, especially those who are well down the path and have wayward children, it's really important before we talk about this to say that the most perfect parent that ever existed, and I know him, um, uh, and who provided perfect love and perfect nurturing and every possible thing that anyone would ever need to flourish has billions of wayward children. So, 
so it, it, we can never supersede the human will. We can never solve the problems of non-servium, of I won't serve, I don't want to be under God's mm -hmm. control. But I can tell you that our kids are good kids, all of them. Um, two, uh, we have one autistic child, but the the others, two of the three of them are on fire. Or and One's on fire, I should say, our oldest son. And our daughter is solid in the faith, and and we have one beautifully faithful, and we right? have one who's an awesome human being. But he's figuring it out, trying to figure you know? it out. And I I think that journey is so important that we need to understand that everyone is on a bit of a journey. Mm -hmm. The Lord doesn't break through um, according to our terms or or our our uh, agenda. Mm -hmm. He breaks through when it's time. Yeah. And when the time is right and when we've turned our hearts and minds to him, you know, uh, I was a late bloomer. I, I didn't come to and I a, a, and a sinner. Right. I didn't come to find the Lord the way I know him now um, until I was in my late 30s. Right. Um, you know, you came to Christ in in your high school years. 20. It was your, about 20. Okay. So in your about 20. Yeah. Um, and But you've been on this huge journey. Who yeah. Who you I mean, are I came, now is totally different, right? Yeah. I came out of abuse. And so even, even as a Christian, with all of the values that we have, it took me a long, long time to learn what it meant to be human and to, um, and, and, parenting uh god rest my dad's soul i love him he converted to the faith right before he died but um i never had a rate really good models of parents so it took it's been a painful process <laughs> of trying to figure out i mean i i i envy uh folks who you know grow up with parents who are fully equipped and uh, I, you know, maybe, maybe there's, there's just no such thing, but, but really well equipped and deep in the faith and then, and who can show their children the way in all the best possible ways. And I can't say that I've done that. We have, um, I think been very effective. I mean, our oldest recently had a major conversion and he said, we asked him why he came back and he, he was living a kind of double life. And he said, um, your constancy, your consistent witness of the faith uh, to me um, is what helped me when I hit bottom to come and say, okay, no, this is what's true. This is what I need to give my life to. So I know we've had a very positive effect, I think also on our daughter, um, but nobody's perfect and we've learned a lot. And I wish, uh, I, you know, I, 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 it's why what you're doing in this podcast is so vital for parents in the church because nobody, this is so important for everyone to hear. And I'm saying it on your behalf. Nobody knows all that they need to know ever to be the parent they need to be. Right. And man, if, if you want to mess up your kids, then you be your own mentor. You know, St. <laughs> Bernard of Clairvaux, St. Bernard of Clairvaux said that he who takes himself as his own spiritual director is the disciple of a fool. So if, you know, if you want to be the disciple of a fool, you know, don't listen to others. Don't seek constant feedback. If, but if you really want to get it right as well as we can as broken human beings, we need things like what you're doing here, Mariana, and we need to study we need to learn, we need to read, we need to wrestle, 
because parenting is being being following Christ is hard enough. Then helping others to do it is 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 a whole nother um, uh, challenge. Yeah, and to bring it back to the prayer, though, yeah, is that in in proximity to Jesus is distance mm-hmm. from sin. Proximity to Jesus is distance from sin. Right. right? So the closer we get to the Lord, mm-hmm. the the more He actively and passively perfects us and and really fills into those spots where we have our own weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And so he helps us when we don't know the answers. He he fills in for our limitations um, and our brokenness. And so many times, you know, you see graces come through and you go, wow, I didn't see that coming, mm-hmm. you know, and praise Jesus. And then you can rest easy. Okay, listen, I didn't make that happen, but maybe the Lord I know that the Lord heard my prayers and he brought it about on his own time. So there's always hope. And I I want, I I think that would be the most important thing that I would want to say, especially to, to parents of young children who are just trying to figure out how not to be exhausted all the time um, and not take it out on one another and not crumble under the pressures of, dirty dishes and laundry and um, the difficulties of finances never quite being what they need to be. And, um, you know, and, and just our uh, getting to know one another and the limitedness of, of who we are as humans, that there's always, um, there's always hope and there's always uh, the, the endless flow of God's graces uh, are, ne- are never ending. And so we go there to find our source and our peace in our prayer, um, even if it's just for a few minutes per day. And then that will help us and the Lord will help us. And and you will see um, mountains being moved where you didn't know that it was possible uh, because he promises that his faith, he will answer the prayers of his faithful, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And um, that's a that's a good segue into kind of more of the mechanics or the I guess the practical advice for growing in your spiritual life. You talk about uh, this thing called the paradigm of ascent, and when I first learned about it, I was so fascinated because finally there was some sort of a I guess a guideline or a roadmap as to how you're doing or if you're on the right track. Um, for somebody who doesn't have, you know, maybe doesn't have a spiritual director quite yet, or is just kind of starting their journey. Can you explain what that is? Yeah. So the paradigm of ascent came about through my own reading, writing, study in the the lives of the saints. And I've published now, I don't know how many books, somewhere in the neighborhood of 15, 16, 17, I don't know, or edited on the interior life. And, um, my question was, is, is there something that's true in all the lives of the saints that is that thereby should be in, in true in all of our lives? So I'm not talking about just uh, saints like religious, but I'm also talking about saints who are married, um, saints who are individual, you know, single in some way, um, you know, Blessed Ludvica. Bertoni was a a widow, and and she's known for having. Uh, there's a Bernini statue made of her that's just exquisite. But she's known for knowing the highest degrees of ecstasy as a woman who is single, uh, widowed, and just giving her life to the poor. So, asking the question, what is 
in all of these people. Um, Carlo Cutis, is that his mm-hmm. name? Blessed just, Carlo. Yeah. I love or, it. Is, is, is he saint yet or is he just blessed? No, he's blessed. blessed okay. Yeah. So what's true about all of them? And so I worked on this model for years and Stephanie can attest that it was on my whiteboard in my office and it would morph every few months and morph because I'd read and test and read and test. What I came down to is what you, what we've named the paradigm of ascent. The idea of ascent is uh, parallels uh, St. John of the Cross's ascent of Mount Carmel. It's ascent to union or oneness with God, but it has four basic elements. The first one is an authentic yes to God. So you were baptized, and I know your father, and so I'm assuming you were baptized uh, as an infant. You weren't a late, a late comer, and but you have, by your witness, um, are, you are you are living out that baptism. So, and of course, you were confirmed, but you've made a choice because there are plenty of people who are baptized and confirmed who are not following Jesus. Mm-hmm. So, but you've made a choice. That means you've said yes, fundamentally to God. The greatest yes ever given, of course, was Mary's yes to God and be it done unto me according to your word. Um, so that yes, every Christian has to make a, a will, a willful decision or decision of the will to be technical, to follow Jesus, to be, to give our lives completely to him. The, the most important support of that, yes, if you could see a triangle, the base of a triangle building under that are the sacraments. And of course, the initiate, initiation sacraments are vital, but, but also frequent Eucharist, frequent confession. Those are the most powerful supports to the yes and help the yes grow, you know, because when I first said yes, when I was 20, I had very little idea of what it meant to be completely given over to Jesus. And the Catholic faith has shown me, you know, what, what that is. But it took a long time to figure that out. And I, I think I know it intellectually, but I, but I'm, I, I don't live it all. So my yes is increasing primarily fed through the sacraments. The next, the left hand side of the triangle then, uh, is prayer, uh, and, ex- and examination. So St. Teresa, said that we need to enter the interior castle, which is uh, a metaphor for relationship with God through prayer and reflection or self-examination. So those are vital because those make us, that's, that's what builds authentic relationship. We constantly are talking to God, set aside specific time, not just, you know, texting while we're driving to a loved one, which we shouldn't be doing, but, but really only dedicated time to God, to be in silence, as Stephanie said, to listen and learn from him, to help him to reveal to us where we're falling short, to reveal to us where we're doing well, to show us the pathway to wholeness and healing in in him. And that only comes through spending time with him. Very intimate time. Intimate time. And then the last part of the triangle, and we're surrounding that yes, because that yes is our soul, if you will, the last part, of the, and the yes is in the center of the triangle. The last part, which which uh, which flanks the um, side of prayer, is traditionally known as a ceases, which is easily understood as deliberate self-giving and self-denial. So that's doing things we don't want to do for God, doing things we don't want to do for others, living a life of love and self-sacrifice. So the paradigm of ascent, when you understand it in its entirety, is um, 
is true in all of the lives of the saints. And if we live in that reality, uh, it is inevitable. And I, and I mean this, and I would, I would stand before any theologian in the world and argue this without fear. It is inevitable that you will become a saint if you give yourself fully to that reality that those things represent. Just as a side note, I have a free course on it. Um, in our community website, apostolivier.org. But I'm sure you want to keep going down this path. No, that's great. I actually just recently joined Apostolivier, so I'm going through that course right now. So Wonderful, wonderful. (laughs) Great. Yeah. So, um, yes, that's that's an amazing summary of – it seems so simple, but it's also very (laughs) – it's a lot (laughs) more to it than that. But it's a a great snapshot of – what you should be doing and how you should be doing it. Um, so mm-hmm. I love that. Um, so going into a little bit more of the practicality of how in the world does a parent find time for that sm- that intimate time of prayer with God when, you know, you have a two-year-old and maybe a newborn and all of these yeah. things are all going around in your life. Um, what are some practical tips that you have? Yeah. You know, you're you're probably going one particular place, but you have a story that I think is really important about your how you did time and figured yeah you had the breakthrough. I can I can have that breakthrough yeah, yeah. Uh, or explain it. But you know um, it's difficult. It, you know let's let's not be uh, you know too Pollyanna about this. Yeah. It's a hard <laughs> thing to find time, right? Um, but the good news is is that there's seasons in life, right? Um, my season in life is very different than your season in life. You know, I'm an empty nester. Mm-hmm. By God's uh, grace, my kids are grown and they're all standing on their own two feet and they feed and house themselves. And <laughs> and I can say uh, with joy that they are good and decent human beings that I'm proud to to have um, launched into the world in one form or, or fashion of another. Mm-hmm. But um, for those, I think especially... I think it's very, it's the hardest for those that have little ones Yeah. that, and I think that's just, that's just in all reality and, and reminding myself of what it was like to have that endless pile of dishes, mm-hmm. diapers, diapers, you know, um, all, all of that stuff, you know, nursing as glorious as it is and everything. Yeah, it's just, right. it's exhausting. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are some practical ways to do it. I think for a nursing mother, the most beautiful time, can be when she's nursing her child yeah. because that baby is still and content um, receiving all that um, he or she needs from the mama. Um, and so that she can rest in the arms of the father at that point and receive what she needs. And so in that beautiful moment, she can raise her heart and her mind to the Lord, right? Because when we ask St. Teresa, what is prayer? She says, it's the surge of the heart and the mind to the Lord, this mm-hmm. surge upward, right? So we we place ourselves in the presence of the Lord. I like the imagery um, as a teacher of talking about using our holy imagination to be with the Lord. Um, We can use the scripture as the starting point for how to feed our imagination, how to walk with the Lord, how to learn from him, how to listen to his voice so that we can recognize it in the other little moments of our days, right? Um, So things like that. Um, Another practical thing is uh, working with your spouse and getting, you know, having these conversations with your spouse 
and for the father, especially for the mother, to carve out, even if it's just 15 minutes of time for mama to go away into her closet, close the door in quiet, to open her scriptures and to go to the Lord in that time. And, you know, why would he want to do this? Because it will benefit his marriage and her motherhood and his family exponentially. The grace that comes from giving a mama 15 minutes to spend with the Lord in prayer will multiply itself in ways that he will be overwhelmed and overjoyed by. And guys, just if you're listening better a half hour and every day, and don't be a sissy about it, you can handle the kids for a little bit and mama needs to rest and she needs her quiet time. So it's really, it's really, uh, it's really inappropriate. I, I don't. I want to say it's a sin, and I, but I'm always worried about theological things when I say stuff like this. But mm-hmm. I do think it's a sin uh, for a man not to protect his wife's spiritual life mm-hmm. and to give her the proper time and space, even though you come home tired. And I used to, one of the things I used to do, because I'm a very intense person and I've had very intense jobs and things like that, And one of the things I used to do is I learned that if I didn't decompress somehow before I got home, then I would be worthless, you know, in helping in that way. And so one of the things I started to do was stop at a coffee shop for 20 minutes or 15 minutes myself, disconnect from work, have a cup of coffee, reboot, and and then think, I'm going home not to be a bum and to lay down on the couch because you know, mom's been working all day. What about her? Right. So it's not about going home to rest. It's about going home to help. And I'll rest when I go to bed at night. Um, but that's a big deal for dads to really help. Um, yeah. It yeah, requires young, a balance. Young mothers yeah. is really vital. Yeah. It, re- it requires a balance. And, and this is the, so, you know, both of those things I think are practical tips. The other one um, that I think is very important, and that is that, you have to figure out how to prioritize your relationship with the Lord. One of the revelations that I had, and this is a two-part revelation, is that I, I was trying to live my vocation as daughter of the king, wife, mother. Um, at the time I was, you know, teaching, principling, all those things, um, on kind of on a horizontal line. If you, if, if, if that makes sense. Priority wise. Like priority wise, they were like all laid out and they all had kind of equal weight mm-hmm. in my heart and my mind. And I was living them as if they were all equal. Right. And so I had this really re- re- remarkable revelation and I, it was God inspired and I won't go into the details there, but I saw that line horizontal invert itself and become vertical. And if you can think of going from the top of that line to the bottom of the line, At the top, I was a daughter of the king. And beneath that, I was a wife. Beneath that, I was a mother. And then beneath that, I was everything else to everybody else in the world, right? But if I put those in proper order and I got my relationship with the Lord first and understood that that was the most important thing, because that, that allowed me to be a better wife and to love my husband selflessly, and then beneath that to love and care for my children selflessly. And then the rest of the world really comes, you know, at the, at the bottom. 
that made a complete change in my life. And I, it was really, it sounds kind of simple, but it exploded in my head. And I just realized, wow, I'm not living this in proper order. And when I did that, the beauty of it is that the graces started to flow and the Lord started to rush upon me and my family and the work that we were doing and our ministry and our children and everything. And that's when things really started to break loose. So when we live that properly ordered life, then he, he blesses that, right? Because that's his desire. The second thing is finding time. You know, how do I find time? Well, when I first decided to make a commitment to prayer every day, I, I was working with my spiritual director who happened to be a very holy priest at the time. And I'd go back month after month and I'd be going, you know, Father John, I, I blew it again. You know, I wanted to do it. I only accomplished it maybe 25% this time or maybe three out of seven days or whatever, trying to get that sacred time every day, right? Knowing that it was, it was just crucial for my spiritual growth. And then one day it clicked in prayer and I realized that what I was doing is trying to fit prayer into my life. And what I needed to do was start with a blank slate. And I needed to decide what I was committing to, to the Lord, give him that sacred space and decide when it was going to happen and then protect it with all that I had. And the rest of my life would flow out of that prayer. There's this beautiful little saying that I used to have on my desk that said, you know, a, a, a life Ra a, a life hemmed in prayer rarely unravels, right? Yeah. And so if we start on our knees, everything flows from that. And then the rest of our life could, could fit, uh, fill in around it. So then I knew when I was going to pray. I knew when I was going to go to mass. And I knew when I was going to do my exam and my night prayer. And I, and I held to the best of my ability primarily to the mass and to the time of sacred prayer, mental prayer, you know, by myself with the help of being protected by my spouse to have that little bit of alone time. And then my life flowed out and it made, it made all the difference. And then it became rather easy. And then I could see the power of it um, because I was protecting that time. That's great. Yeah, that's beautiful. I think there definitely is a temptation for especially first time parents or young parents that all of a sudden they're put in this role of parenthood and that kind of consumes everything. And they feel like this is the most important job I have in my whole life. But then they forget about, you know, being the son or daughter of a king and then being a good holy spouse as well. Those are things that may seem less immediate, but it's actually like, like you said, putting it in the proper order is essential. So. Yeah, I mean, Mariana, it's what protects our motherhood. It's what protects our marriages. That's why we can't see it as a secondary thing and blow by it, because it's what gives us the grace to be who we're called to be. Outside of it, we're just trying to live on our own fumes, and we'll, we'll pretty soon burn out. And, and then we wonder why we're falling apart or why our marriages are in trouble. You know, can I add something to that I think is important, too? is a, I, of all the people I have a kind of reverence for and a gentleness for is moms, especially moms of lots of little ones or the first little one who's coming, who, you know, in a Catholic home usually comes in sets, you know? <laughs> um, so um, it's really important to know what Stephanie said is true. You should set a time every day to practice mental prayer 
And if your child normally normally gets up at five, I know this is going to sound crazy and difficult, then the time needs to be from 4.30 to five, you know. But then what happens when he's up all night and what happens when the diaper's full and he's throwing up and, you know, he or she and all of that. Here's the thing that's really important. Set the time, always fight for it. But it's important to know that God will not punish you for being faithful to your state in life. Mm -hmm. What do I mean by that? A cloistered contemplative nun prays all day. Uh, an active contemplative prays, you know, four hours a day, five hours a day. They must do that to receive the graces they need to be saints. A mom doesn't need to do that to be a saint. A mom needs every day to connect with the Lord in some way. And better if it's, as Stephanie said, you know, mental prayer every single day. That's vital. But you need to understand that if you can only, if you, if you set your time aside and the goal is a half hour every day, and Monday it was 15 minutes because little Joey got up right when you got up for whatever reason. And Tuesday it was uh, 20 minutes because, you know, uh, the, the other little one uh, was sick. And then uh, Wednesday, glorious, 30 minutes, awesome. Friday, you know, that's, the, that's normal. He will not deprive you of the graces of the contemplative life of union with him be, when you're just fulfilling your duty. As long as you do all you can, I, I know, you know, folks and, and who say, well, I want to pray and I want to, and there's never an answer. And I'm like, okay, there's always an answer. I know plenty of holy Catholic women mm-hmm. who have a, a large family who find the time with the husband's help. That's vital. So there's always an answer if we want it. Um, but being disciplined is hard and praying when you're tired is hard and, you know, following Jesus is hard. That's why it's called taking, you know, taking up our cross. But it, as long as we are constantly giving what we can, he will uh, empower us as we draw near to him to do all of that. When Stephanie was talking, I was thinking of Jesus saying, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Without me, you can do nothing. And of course, we know with Christ, we can do everything. So it's, but it requires a lot of work. Yeah. I mean, we're called to abide in him, you know? And um, one of the things that came to mind is I know that locally there's a, a chapel at the cathedral that does adoration and they have a time every week where they set aside for moms with kids. Love that. And I, I thought it was just such a beautiful thing that mamas could go with their littles and be in there and be, you know, and know that their kids were going to be crawling around on the floor and, you know, dropping their pacifiers and doing all that stuff, but that they could be there in the presence of the Lord and bask in his goodness. Um, So, you know, if if your if your church uh, if your parish or a parish in your diocese offers that that is also a beautiful addition to how to get near to the Lord, um, and and He rewards our efforts. That's the thing. He rewards our efforts. We look up to Him, and He stoops down to pick us up and draw us close. He desires more that we rend our hearts than our garments. That we just turn to Him and say, Lord, I love you. I need you. And I can't do this without you. Please help me and grant me the grace to do so. So anyway. That is fantastic. Well, I could I could talk to you guys all day, but we're running out of time. So um, just a, a final question. 
where can people find you and more, you know, more content, more resources? Um, where can they go for more information on um, your ministry? So there's, there are three websites um, and I'll start at the kind of the one where most people go. We have readers from 190 countries um, at the, at spiritualdirection.com. So that's just an endless well of thousands of articles and videos on all the interview, events, all the events, everything. Yeah. So that's spiritualdirection.com. Then another kind of middle part of the funnel, I guess, if you will, is the Abola Institute, uh, abola-institute.org. And we, we form priests, religious, and laity all around the world there. And the, and kind of the most intensive personal place is our community, which you don't have to become a, a formal member of the community to benefit from what we do. But you, you have to become a member of the website just to protect everyone's uh, privacy is apostoliva.org. And that's A-P-O-S-T-O-L-I-V-I-A-E.org. And, and there you'll find free courses. Uh, we do formation second and fourth Saturday uh, for people all around the world. Uh, we have, you know, there's always something going on, whether it's a rosary in Latin or Spanish or English, or, you know, all the different ways we meet up digitally and personally. Um, we really don't have any limits to all that you need. And I, and I so outside of the sacraments, we got it. Right. I'm so grateful <laughs> to be able to say this. There is nothing you can't find on what it means to grow in, in the interior life that uh, we have it somewhere on one of those three places. That's yeah. great. And you also have your radio show podcast, divine intimacy, yep. radio, yes. correct? Yes. Yes, yep. absolutely. Divine intimacy radio podcast. You can find that out on any of the, you know, some of the podcasts. Spiritualdirection.com. Um, yeah, it's it's also on spiritualdirection.com, but you can follow it on your podcast. iTunes app, and iTunes, Stitcher. Yeah, all of that. And then um, also, and I, I don't know when this will broadcast, but I'll go ahead and throw this out there. We are doing a marriage retreat for couples. Um, we're doing it over the uh, Valentine's Day weekend in Hansville, Alabama. 2021. 2021. Perfect. Yeah. So um, if you go to the events tab on spiritualdirection.com, you can find out the info there. So. And it's a very different approach where it's based on mystical tradition. And it's, you know, there's no icebreakers or goofy games or anything. <laughs> yeah. so, the, so it won't scare the guys away. Yeah. Um, you won't have to stand up and, you know, say anything in front of everybody. Yeah. Um, but, but it would be a great gift to one another for Christmas to yeah. say, okay, we're going to commit to getting away for, you know, three days yeah. in February and uh, and work on our, our time together, you That's know. That's great. So, yeah, wonderful. Well, well, this has been a joy, Mariana. Thank great. you for having us. Yes, thank you, Dan and Stephanie, for being on. Uh, this has been Catholic Parenting 101, and thank you for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Like always, you can reach out to me on Instagram at Catholic Parenting 101. Thanks for listening.